Welcome to Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Thursday, May 13th, day 221. We have a new book for you today. It's Matthew. We're going to be doing Matthew chapter 1 and 2, and we have a special guest today. It's Tammy Lynn with the hyphen. Tammy, say hi. Hi, everyone. And we have Mallory with us, too. So we have Tammy and Mallory, and we're going to do Matthew chapter 1. But first, please consider, all anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. The Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing, marketing, advertising, or helping out with the website. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. The Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. Give it up for God at companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. Companion Chapel is located at number 338, side row 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. And with that, let's please turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. And verse 1. And uh, Tammy, will you be reading some of it today? I can. Yep. Do you want me to start? On verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Aminadab, Aminadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon, and Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth, Obed begot uh, Jesse and Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah. Abijah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Joram. And Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham. Jotham begot Ahaz. Okay, so we can let everybody read those all the way up to verse 16. And where Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, who was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Well, what we have here compared to the book of Luke, where we also have a genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. The line in Matthew here is the regal line. That's the king line. And the legal line from umbilical cord to umbilical cord, which was exhausted in Mary, the Virgin Mary, is the priest line. And these two lines came together. He is the king of kings and he is Melchizedek, uh, king of the just. He's the priest line and the king line coming together. And remember, he is the kinsman redeemer, whomsoever will. So here we are down in verse 17 of Matthew chapter 1. And so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And we always refer to biblical numerics 
when we uh, when we see numbers, right, Tammy? That is correct. And what's 14 is divine salvation. There's uh, these threads that run through the Bible, like we always say, these threads that are God's trademark stamp of validity. The threads that include the biblical numerics are God's trademark stamp of validity, and it, it just ties in the word for you, and it brings you to understanding. Actually, the threads make up the structural fabric of the key of David, which will unlock the scriptures for you as it's written in uh, Revelation chapter 3. And we have uh, another 14 generations from David till the carrying away to Babylon. That's when they went into captivity. And another 14 generations unto our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in verse 18, the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise. And this means it was on the hush. They just kept it quiet. Uh, we find out that Joseph was a really uh, good, just man. And he really believed what Mary had said. Because when Mary, his mother, or when Mary, our Lord's mother, was espoused, that means engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she, found, uh, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And I know the King James says Holy Ghost. What does yours say? Verse 18 is spirit or ghost? Um, what spirit? Manumion Agion. It says Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You have a good translation there compared to compared to this Bible, the King James, because a lot of the names that you mentioned there are different uh, different sounding names than in uh, King James here, but they're the same. When you go through the Bible to the Old Testament, you can find all these people. Okay, verse 19 of, of chapter 1. Go ahead, Tammy. Then Joseph, her husband being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly. So I did a blog on this whole thing. We read more about this in the book of Luke, but uh, what's being said here is, yeah, Joseph, he could have, he could have had her stoned to death. And that, that's what the law necessitated back then, according to Deuteronomy chapter 22. But what we're talking about here is Joseph kept it on the hush and they kept this within their strict inner circle and it was all good. Joseph was a good guy and verse 20 explains more. Go ahead, Tammy. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's of the Holy Spirit. That's that's um, divine intercession. That's, uh, what do you call that? Immaculate conception. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. That's saying, Yeshua Messiah, which means salvation of Yahweh. And that's the sacred name for our father, Yahweh. And it's his righteous right arm, uh, he calls our Lord Jesus Christ, amongst other things, his righteous right arm. It's the salvation ministry that came through him. That's what, you know, Jesus Christ, means Yeshua Messiah, means salvation of Yahweh, and the Christ or Messiah means the anointed one. For he shall save his people from their sins. And verse 22, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. That's right, God with us. That's exactly what 
Jesus Christ means. It's his righteous right arm. He's the mediator to Father. He's our rock. He's our Passover. He's our salvation, our Savior. And many other terms go to him. He walked among us. He manifest a little lower than the angels and walked among us. He became our teacher, our master, our rabbi, our wonderful counselor. And we're talking about Jesus Christ walking in the flesh here. And this was prophesied way back. And you can read all about this in the book of Isaiah chapter 7 or chapter 9, I think. Now we're going to go to verse 24. Go ahead, Tammy. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. Now he married her. He's a good man. 25. And did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. That's to say, Yeshua Messiah. And he did what he was instructed to do. Isn't that just the greatest thing? Let's go into chapter 2 here. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, that's to say the house of bread, and he is the bread of life. And he will feed you with the bread of life, and he'll quench your thirst with the living waters. And what that means is so you'll never hunger or thirst after the ways or things of the world again. All anxieties and certainties stop when you can get fed with the bread of life and, the, and have your thirst quenched with the living waters. And we just did the book of Revelation. We learned a lot about the living waters in the book of Revelation. So here's Jesus, born in the house of bread in Judea. That's where Israel is today, in the days of Herod the king. And he was a nasty king. Behold, the, and that was, uh, he was the king, and that was an occupying army. So he was like a king in the minority as far as population is concerned, but majority as far as being a bully and a thug. Uh, something like the United States is right now when they go into different countries. Same deal. Okay, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now, everybody, you know, tradition set dictates that this wise men, who know, what do you think wise men means outside of your biblical knowledge? Um, if somebody was to say a wise man, I would think of something like a sage, somebody who's, who's just a very wise person. He's older, he's lived through a lot of um, experiences. What, the creepy guy that hangs out at the library? Not you. With the long hair and the, and no, the ponytail? I, not you. Eating some pretentious fruit like a pear. <laughs> what are you reading there, a young man? A mango or a papaya <laughs> out of a briefcase? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what we're talking wise men here is, uh, um, yeah, not that guy that's still going to school in his 40s and living in his mom's basement. He has like... Excuse me, I went to school in my 40s. Your mom went to college. <laughs> Whatever, Napoleon. Don't catch me a nice bass. <laughs> a sweet bass. Uh, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Okay, let's get some directions here. They're from the east. It doesn't mean they're walking from the east. That's where they're from. These are magi, and this means magicians. And these were like sorcerers, and they just they went around, and they just... They're like philosophers, and he, they were on the inside with the king. Like, these guys said, they were just smart guys. They were smart in the ways and things of the world. And they were saying, and no, it doesn't say there was three of them either, anywhere in the Bible. So, saying, where is he that is born, the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. Now, they're from the east, but they didn't say they're walk from the east, because then the directions wouldn't make any sense here. And... What do you think of that, Tammy? I, mean, I have 
something to say about that. About the east, about the star. Let's talk about the star here for a second. In Numbers 24, 17, good old Balaam, who, you know, Peter's pretty hard on Balaam, but uh, Balaam did teach for money, but he was a prophet. And one of his prophecies was uh, a star out of Jacob would be born. And that's the natural seed line. When you say Jacob, you say the natural seed line. And that was the first advent. And then he says a scepter out of Israel will rule. And that is the second advent yet to come. And when you say Israel, which was also Jacob's name, God just changed it to Israel. That's the spiritual seed line. So whomsoever will, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ is the kinsman redeemer. And it's whomsoever will. But there's a lot said there when you say a star. Uh, they're looking for a star. What verse was that? His star in the east. Uh, remember that the Antichrist, Satan himself, the adversary, he also has a star. Amos chapter 5, 26, the star of your God, referring to the adversary. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, we all know of Lucifer, which translated means fallen bright morning star. So they knew the star was going to be the king of Judah. And that's the, the king line we're talking about here. And that's that was the introduction to this book, The Genealogy of Jesus Christ, going up to Joseph, his adopted father. And it's whomsoever will. He's the kinsman redeemer. Now in verse 3, and they came to worship him, the king of Judah. They knew it. And when Herod, the king, had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Why was Herod troubled? Because he's the king right now, and he is an occupying king from an occupying force, meaning that uh, he would be outnumbered by the people that his bully army came in to rule. So he's like, oh, a king of these people is coming up? Well, look what he goes to do. And we gathered, and when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Because it's all written in prophecy. Even though... Uh, Although heathen Herod believed the scripture, he was afraid of it, and he thought he could change it. And they said unto him, the scribes and and uh, the priests and scribes knew where this uh, was going to take place. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem, that's house of bread, in Judea. And Judea just means the area around Jerusalem, which is Israel today. For thus it is written by the prophet, and now Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people. And that's what happened, the lost sheep of Israel. That's who he's going to rule, to plant the seeds of truth throughout the world. We're talking about our Lord Jesus Christ, the least of the princes among Judah. That just means Bethlehem was just a small town. Like Jesus Christ didn't go around putting on a big show, and he wasn't born into a big show. He teaches us all about being humble, and in all humility, and he also teaches us the meek, and says it in a few chapters from now, the meek shall inherit the earth. And when you say that, it's not meek like we think in the English, like some pushover. Meek means to afflict, to afflict yourself through self-discipline. And here's the prophecy. This was written way back in uh, Micah chapter 5, this prophecy. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, these magician dudes who were just a little bit above intelligence than any, everybody else because they didn't go to work with a shovel in their hand. They were the guys sitting in the library with the ponytail eating a pear, reading encyclopedias all day, right? Right. Living in their mom's basements. Right. Right? 
I don't know. I've never lived in my mom's basement. I have. I know you have. That's why I said that. <laughs> then Herod, when privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. Like Herod is trying to con them here. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I may come and worship him also. Yeah, right. Herod's trying to con them because he put a death... He put a, what do you call that when you put a death thing out? A hit? He put a hit on everybody two years old and younger, and he was trying to kill our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the intervention of the Satan himself right back from Genesis 3.15, the first prophecy. Even before that, uh, the prophecy in Genesis 1.14-16, two unique-like givers in the stars also. And remember when I talk about that first once, uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 14 to 16. The Bible's not a, a book about astrology. We're talking about one unique light giver, our Lord Jesus Christ, and that rules the day, because we are children of the light. We are children of the day. And another unique light giver, and that's the adversary himself, Satan. And you can read a lot about Satan in uh, Ezekiel chapter 28. And he's the fallen star. And Jesus Christ is the living star. And we're called, all of us are called stars also because we're just little light givers. We have a little life force in us and God loves us to pieces. And we all sang together for joy for our Lord. Uh, remember um, Job chapter 38. We were all together before, before the fall, before um, the fall of people into sin. So where are we here? And he sent them to Bethlehem. And when they heard the king, when they had heard the king, when they had heard the king, they departed, and that's King Herod, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And now time had passed here. And so the tradition that they went to the nativity scene in the barn is doesn't doesn't hold it all here. Uh, verse 10, And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy, because their journey was over. There they are. They found uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 11 says, they didn't find him in the nativity, because they already had lots of stuff to do. Like Jesus Christ had to go and... Uh, as it's written here in verse 11, and when they and they were coming to the house, not into the stable or the nativity. When they come into the house, they saw the young child with his with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts: gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, frankincense is like a resin from the frankincense tree that was. Uh, collected and burned like incense for sacrificial fumigation. And myrrh is one of the ingredients of uh, found in Exodus chapter 33, I believe. And it was the oil, the, uh, an ingredient in the oil of holy anointment. And they gave him gold because they were about to go on a trip. They knew that Herod was going to go and uh, kill every every child under two. And they knew this was the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. They knew this was the Jesus Christ that was prophesied. So they gave him gold because they're going on a trip. That's like giving them money, like a stack of bills. Right, Tammy? Like you're going to give me your credit card a little bit later today so I can right. go get a pizza I, or something. I do have a 12. question if you're what? taking questions right now. Yeah, sure. Okay, so my Bible has um, gold symbolizes royalty, frankincense was a fragrance, and it says myrrh was an ointment of death, 
And these gifts provided the financial resources for Mary and Joseph to um, get out of Egypt. Well, so I, my question just kind of is, why would they say myrrh, you know, it was an ointment of death? Because your Bible doesn't go into depth and go into the lexicon like I go into because they're lazy. I'm telling you that myrrh, as I said, was it's if they would have read what myrrh is before they gave it to Jesus Christ up on the cross, because he only just got born. Uh, myrrh was also used in uh, embalming, but when they gave him myrrh, it wasn't, they weren't thinking about death here. They were thinking about uh, the, whole, the oil of holy ointment, which was found in uh, chapter 30 of Exodus. Frankincense was used to make something smell good. And also, myrrh was also used as a stimulant. Like they had a long hike to go. You know, it was used like, it was has stimulant properties to it. So they get, he gave them money. He gave them this holy oil, which they could have also used it because they had to book it out of here in the middle of the night. Right. And she just had a kid. Yeah. Mary just had a kid. And it was a long walk. They couldn't take a bus or they'd be staying there forever because the bus would never come because there was no buses. Wasn't she on a donkey? No. No, she wasn't riding on a donkey. Where'd you get that? Pictures. Well, maybe they scored a donkey somewhere along the way because they had all this gold. But let's just um, keep it real here. Uh, yeah, like you got to be careful with study Bibles that don't really go back into the Word. Okay, so yeah, the gold is. What, what's your Bible say about gold? It was. It symbolized royalty. Well, it's also symbolized something to eat and a place to stay because it was money. It was wealth. Yeah, because that's what they had. Like, they didn't have a bunch of Ben Franklins and Andrew Jacksons to hang, hand out, right? Like, they just gave, here's some gold. Make sure you get to Egypt safely because it was a long trip. Like, really long. So, and don't forget that Joseph and Mary were in the area to pay their taxes. And they had a kid, our Lord Jesus Christ, who had to go to the main church to get circumcised after so many days. And then they would have went back to uh, Nazareth, they wouldn't have gone back to Bethlehem because why would they go back, you know, to Bethlehem what and what, sit in the stable or the, the manger and wait till these wise men came along? And, you know, tradition, which makes void the word of God, as it's written in Matthew chapter 5, it doesn't say anywhere there was three wise men. And it doesn't say anywhere that they were standing in the nativity. But if people want to believe that, that's fine. But that's not what the Bible says. And more is written about this in Luke chapter 3. And I don't want to blow anyone's little Christmas party out of the water. But, you know, we're going to talk about it when we study the book of Luke. And maybe even we, when we do this book about the real Christmas time and how it fits in with the feasts and, and everything, like Christ's real birth. But to say more about December 25th, that would have been Immaculate Conception. Nine months later, his birthday, September 29th, the Feast of Tabernacles, would have been this time because they go to pay their taxes, not in the middle of winter. Right. Because it did snow and it could get really cold up there in the mountainous regions. You know, like you, you can't ask people to pay, okay, we're an occupying force, come give us your money in the middle of winter. Like there would be a revolt. You know what I mean? They do it right at harvest time when people have the most money. And that would be in the fall, the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay, you guys come up and pay your taxes now, you know, and you can have your feast in Jerusalem. Like, it all fits together. You guys have to come to Jerusalem anyway for the feast, and 
you're going to be in the area, pay your taxes. They're going to go, well, okay, now it's the middle of winter here, uh, you know, pay your taxes. And furthermore, when the shepherds came from watching their flocks, they, they, don't, they don't put the sheep out in the winter. You know why? You know why, Tammy? Because there's no grass. They bring them into the barns in the winter. Because sheep eat grass. Right. All right. So there's a lot, a lot of very basic stuff uh, to, and, mo- and furthermore, if we're going to talk about this, Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, was doing the course of Abiah, as it's written. And we know when the course of Abiah was from the book of Chronicles. And what, what that says was, it, it tells us that this old man had to walk. It tells us where the city is. It gives us the month. It gives us John the Baptist's birthday is six months different than our Lord Jesus Christ. And it just gives us a time based on Zechariah doing the course of Abiah. Mary is Elizabeth's cousin. That makes her Levitical. And it all fits together. Levitical priest line, the king priest line, comes together in our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the head priest, and he is the... The king of kings. Okay, let's just carry on here. Melchizedek, king of the just. Okay, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Yeah, they booked it. They said, forget this guy, man. Let's get out of here. And when they were departed, behold, the angel and the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt with all that gold you guys just scored, and be thou there until I bring thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. There you go, God's divine intervention right there. And this once again is showing the quality of person that Joseph was. He drops everything for a child that wasn't, that wasn't even his. You know, except through adoption. And this is God taking care of things here. When he arose, he took the young child. Joseph was a great guy. I wish there was more written about him. But he's the guy that shows us about having faith. Like, that is extreme faith. He didn't allow himself to go into jealousy and envy and go into a tirade like people would today. Is it called tirade? Tirade. Tirade. Have you been on a tirade lately, Tammy? Well, I planned on one this afternoon. What time? Well, it's just going to come naturally. Well, then I'm not going to be... I got got things to do this afternoon. Important business matters, according to the collection (laughs) agency. (laughs) And there was, okay, and uh, great danger, but Joseph obeyed, uh, and and uh, he took off at night with his mother by night and departed into Egypt. This uh, isn't that just the greatest thing. Egypt, remember that God didn't like Egypt in this sense. He didn't like their governmental order. And when it says in the book of Revelation, uh, you know, where Jesus Christ was slain or where he was up on the cross is uh, spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, but it's Jerusalem. And why spiritually called Egypt is because Egypt is just a spiritually corrupt place. They constantly make up their own gods and their own religions and their own governmental systems. And God said, you know, you guys are a base nation. And since God said that, Egypt has been a base nation. They were once a superpower of that whole world that that was back then. And now God uses them to teach us. He loves the people. 
but he doesn't like governmental systems. He doesn't like idolatry or idolatry that's being unfaithful to God. And that's what Egypt stands for. That's why it says spiritually Egypt, because they're just spiritually corrupt, constantly making up their own gods. They have fish gods, dog gods, you know, sun gods, moon gods, any planet they can find and make a god out of it. And we'll just leave that at that. But look, at after the Exodus whole deal, here he is, God's using Egypt again to say the people of Egypt are great people. We love all the people around the world, don't we, Tammy? But I'm saying the Egyptian people are great people and they protected our Lord Jesus Christ when he was just a little kid, two years old. And was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, out of Egypt have I called my son. Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth. He didn't like getting punked off like that, Tammy. He just had a little king temper tantrum. What do you think a king temper tantrum is like? I think he lops people's heads off. Well, likely. I think he throws decks of cards around. You do that. <laughs> you lose a game of cards. You whip the cards. No, Timmy. <laughs> yes, you do, Michael. Anyway, the king was wroth. He's angry. He's flipping things around. Probably flipped a table. And sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem. Isn't that just horrible? That's, that's what mankind's kings are like. Mankind can never govern themselves. This is a spoiled little tyrant here. And he slew all the children and all the coasts thereof from two years old and under. Can you imagine? This is just horrific. According to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So there he goes. You know, there's a time frame here also. Here we have two years. And this was, you know, Christ was under two years old. And then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremy the prophet. That's Jeremiah. I guess that's his street name, Jeremy. They must have thought he was a skateboarder or something. But this is Jeremiah, the prophet. In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they were not. And this is just the saddest thing. We're talking Ramah, we're talking the area around um, Jerusalem and Rachel weeping for her children. Because this was the seed line of Rachel, which came out of Rachel was... Uh, uh, Benjamin and Joseph, the children of Israel. And that's why it talks about that there. And that's from Jeremiah chapter 31, 15. You can also compare Genesis chapter 35, 17, talking about this sweet girl, Rachel, and what a great chick she was, or great girl, a great chick, great person, but very nice person. Woman, female. Nice, nice, nice woman. Okay, verse 19. And when, can you read it? Now, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. Okay, so let's just stop there. What God's saying is, okay, safe for now, safe for Christ to fulfill prophecy. God's in control here. He's just showing us that, yeah, he went and used Egypt. Hey, Egypt, we trust you people, but we don't trust your governmental systems. And stop making up fake gods. Just submit with unquestioned obedience to the Lord. Because God obviously loves the 
Egyptian people. He loves all his children everywhere, but he doesn't love the governmental systems people put themselves in or the idolatries and adulteries. That just means being unfaithful to him and making up excuses for God and blaming God, which is double jeopardy. Okay, so there he rose and they took the young child, our Lord Jesus Christ. But when they had heard that Archilas, he named his kid Archie, did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. That just means the circuit. Uh, the circuits around, the circuit of small towns around Jerusalem and the area. And he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, which means the guarded one. It means a guarded city. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. And spoken, that's, you know, there's Nazarite, rules are in Numbers chapter 6 and spoken of what this verse refers to is Judges chapter 19 verse 5 and isn't that just the greatest thing that'll be all for today that was Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2 my name is Mike this is the Companion Chapel you can contact me and Tammy at the Companion Chapel email that's companionchapel at gmail.com and check out the website Tammy's putting together it's just the greatest thing it's companion companionchapel.com and do you have any parting words there Tammy um, no, no parting words. Just God bless everybody and have a fantastic day. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. You can promote this podcast by sharing it, promoting it, and just enjoying it. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourselves the greatest day and bye for now.